Brother you... Moment. Brother Duan, what's going on, dog? Nothing much, man. You sounding good, crisp and clear. That's scary. I could say the same about you now, so I'm glad to hear that you have worked out your mic adventures of the day. Yeah, I had to dust off the wired headset. <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm working on the same one, although one of my uh, one of my wires is all freaking broken now. It's got colors coming out of it, but hopefully we'll keep it together for this episode. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Stirring the Pot, and I believe this is episode four. I'm not keeping count, but yeah, that would be right. So, man, a lot has changed. Oh, y'all see that new logo, courtesy of your boy Mo Mac, doing it big. Thank you, thank you very much. Little, little soft, soft claps, soft claps. Let's get them. Let's get them while they're exactly. hot. Exactly. And you see, Mo Mac is sporting his logo and his uh, profile picture, looking zany and crazy, but also lovable and adorable. I'll let the women be the judge of that, but you know, I'm I'm open to compliments. Don't do not do not stay away from the compliments, ladies, please. Exactly. Compliments are fun for everyone, especially the good looking people. You ugly people, no, you're not getting compliments here. Yo, man, don't blow up my spot. Usually I fall in the second category, but you know. <laughs> that that's why we rework in the plastic surgery with the little cutouts and stuff. I gotta be looking cute on the cutouts, you know. <laughs> so what what we got for today, man? What topics we gonna tackle, man? I'm glad you asked the one, because I, I, I think we should just sketch this out so people know, of course, we could go anywhere, but as far as I'm concerned, this is the sketch for tonight. The roll call goes like this. First we're going to talk a little bit about the anti-social social app, your favorite anchor because you're here listening to us now and that motherfucking algorithm. Number two, we're going to try to talk about Charlie Rose, our famous or our, our favorite famous dirty man get caught lately. Oh, my God. I can't even believe this guy. I, I'm so I'm so aghast to hear that he's part of the, the crew. <laughs> and finally, and finally, since it's the holidays, we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. We're going to tackle all those topics. But first, Red Sable, we heard you loud and clear. We definitely got you on that book. You're going to be one of our guests very soon. But we're going to have to schedule everything up. I don't want to get you caught you at, catch you off guard. I know you're going to be making that, whipping that good Thanksgiving food on up that you were saying. Oh, my God, Red Sable. You know what, Duan? I think that call-in is the best way not only to step it up for a station, but just, you know, she's like, yo, I'm open. I like what you guys do. Sign me up. I'm like, hell yeah. That's the perfect way to invite yourself to this party. Exactly. We appreciate that. Love that very much. Mm -hmm. And we even, you know, because the holidays is coming up, you know, Mo Mac going to be busy. I'm going to be busy. So we probably ain't going to be able to do this. That's why we had to do this now for y'all. Yeah, that's the funny thing too, right? Our schedule is usually Fridays, but this is like uh, a, a really early addition, uh, early addition before Thanksgiving even takes place because who knows what's going to be happening during those holidays. Exactly. So, man, this algorithm thing is very interesting. It's – all right, give me your thoughts, Dewan, because I want to hear what you think about this first. Um, initially, I was very insulted. That they would now change the algorithm to include the average Joes like me, as I would say. 
But I was talking with Seek right. and Plum about it, and they were. She was saying maybe it could be a possibility that they're trying something different because there were so many complaints about what was done previously. And when she said this, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of that kind of does make a little sense." Now, obviously, Anchor, they're just saying clearly it's all about who gets the most listens to win a thousand dollars. So yeah, uh, I, I think it's I think it's an okay look. It's an okay look. Well, you know, you know what? I mean, I like the fact in a way that it, in a sense, is trying to be what Anchor is trying to be, right? Radio for the people, by the people, in a sense, right? It's all open. So you could do the dumbest thing in the world, get those listen counts, and it puts you up there. Does that mean it's quality? No. Does it mean it's popular? Yes. So you might be doing something right. Either your content is popular or you're popular, right? It's one right. of the two. And I, f- I feel like it's leaning towards the your popular category, you know? And the truth is, what the fuck counts as a freaking listen? I mean, if I'm making 20 segments, 10 seconds each, and somebody stumbles across them, do I get listen counts and puts me up there? I don't know if that's good or bad, because you think about it, right? I could be going to 40 stations, making 40 to 50, 60 call-ins, and maybe half of those get published, and I think that should count as something, so... I don't know, man. To be honest with you, I don't know what's right on this. You bring up some great points, um, especially in the area of it being more of quantity over quality. That's what's kind of really strange about it. Because, I mean, to a certain degree, you can argue that the people who have made it on the leaderboard have established a core audience who appreciated their quality of work. So... The quality of work could be a reflection of the quantity of listeners. But also, is that necessarily the case? Now, on Anchor, a lot of people out there, I'm not going to point fingers. We're respectful here. But they have this certain way and process of using Anchor more as a networking tool rather than a social networking tool. So when this happens, you start to have people who... They like I got it today. People are saying, "Hey, thanks for hey man, that's cool. You made it on the leaderboard, man. Keep doing your thing." And da da da. And some people would have thought that me and this dude knew each other, but I had never spoken to this person ever. So it was a it was a weird sort of cold call type of way of trying to get themselves out there. Yeah, that's true. So that's the slick thing, right? That's another strategy, right? You think. Oh, I'm going to call into the top 20 stations. So if somebody hears me, I'm, I know I'm going to be on the top 20 stations. And if they like what they hear, they're going to come over to my station. So I'm going a, I'm to a siphon off, leech off. I mean, leech off is a little bit, um, I don't know what the word would be, but it's a little bit too harsh, <laughs> perhaps. You know, but in a sense, that is what is happening when they do that stuff. However, I think it's in a way serendipitous because by the fact that you're on the leaderboard, you know, now I go to your station today and there's a whole bunch of people I've never seen before. And that could be a good thing, right? You're getting the exposure that you deserve. Exactly. Um, that definitely is a great thing of being on there is that you're exposed to a lot more people without the, your stuff needing to be echoed all the time. Are you Right, because that. Because that's not always that organic. You know, when people echo you all the time, sometimes it's a good thing. And sometimes, as we found out on Anchor One, it could be a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? They'd be like, damn, I heard the one same segment. As good as it is, 
20 times in a row because 20 people done that. <laughs> yeah, I, you burned a couple of bridges doing that, didn't you? Yeah, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Like, it wasn't 100% five. It might have been five times in a row because I think, you know, once you get a good segment, you're definitely going to have, like, five people, uh, you know, re-echoing it and adding it. But it, it, in Anchor 2 land, those segments could be a little dangerous because, you know, you could go for the full five minutes and that could be a problem. Exactly. Um yeah, you have to be kind of, I don't know, selective with what you choose to echo. I mean, people are going to do it anyway, but it is good yeah. they have features like you can trim the audio. So maybe you can take a little excerpt of it. You know, I think that's what they instituted it for to make sure that there was options that you didn't have to listen to the whole entirety of one particular thing. I think you did that for me today. You trimmed it. Yeah, because... I think it makes more sense, right? You're right. Like, you don't have to listen. Like, you're, you're giving the credit to the person. You're taking a little snippet and you may be adding to it. And then you're also saying, hey, people, check out the station because he's got more of it. So you're doing all three. I think that's a better strategy. Right. So with that, going back to the focus of the echo chamber, people can actually get more listens that way. I've seen people do it where they have just joined Anchor. But they talk to a couple people who do that, and they kind of see monkey see, monkey do. So like, oh, if I call into every station that listens to my station, and I shout them out, they'll listen to me more. Oh. I feel like, I, I feel like you know what I feel like, the one what you just said? I feel like there's a Gary V talk that, does, that talks about doing that exact same thing. <laughs> <Yep. move. laughs> Shit. I bet there's a Gary V talk out there. Not not to point fingers at Gary V, but I feel like it's almost somebody teaching people that monkey see, monkey do thing. Um, and uh, like you're saying, it's a little disconcerting. It's safer, right? It's safer to do something that has been proven to be successful mm, rather than trying to you blaze go. your own trail. So this is what I found to be rewarding, but at the same time, it's not as easy to pull off as others. So there will be times where I will suddenly just talk about a random topic that really doesn't have anything to do with anything, but the relief of hearing something that isn't the same as what everybody else is talking about is in fact why people listen to me more than somebody else who talks about what everybody else talks about. You know what's funny about this? It's so true because I've listened to you since the very beginning, I think I might have been there the first time you were on or one. Um, and I guess every day since then, I've listened to your station. And let's just put it this way. Rarely have I heard the same subject talked about in the same way. And the other thing that's interesting is that you always get enough engagement that it turns the ideas. It like it, it changes them. Right. So it's never the same conversation, which is fucking fantastic. Oh, how perfect that is that you said that and how essential that is because i rely so much on the audience on the listener to participate mm -hmm. so it can take the convo into a different realm because i think some people sometimes make the mistake of thinking that i'm just talking and wanting to say stuff and i don't want anybody to respond to it that's far from it i want responses and if you don't agree that's even better it's even better convo if you disagree not to say that you should just actively disagree with me because I might just blaze your ass with a thunderbolt. But still. 
<laughs> All right, Zeus, calm down. <laughs> you got a whole bag full of thunderbolts back there. I saw. I see you. I see you there, Duan. But uh, to be to be honest, that that's really what makes it for me. You know, you welcome. You also welcome that that whole thing of hey, let's get into it, man. Let's have the discussion. Give me your point of view, and let's let, let's open this this whole topic up. And a lot of people don't do that. You're right. I mean, as good as they can be, and. I've loved so many stations, but I've also fallen out of love with so many stations over, you know, the past two years for that reason that it happens to be the same thing over and over again. And after a while, it's like, yo, I cannot listen to the same thing over and over again. Exactly. Um, Because we all have core things about us that we will touch upon time and time again. I certainly have those core topics I love to talk about, but I think over time, you start to learn to be more effective in the way how you approach that topic. And I think the problem for some people is that they have trouble figuring out what they want to say about the stuff that they love. That's the easy part. The easy part is talking about things you love and care about. The hard part is talking about it in an effective way to where other people will want to talk with you about it too. You know what? You're right there. You know, and I feel like I've, I've, I've messed up there too. You know, and I think, you know, the key ingredient, I'm not sure what the key ingredient is, but I have a feeling it's emotion, right? If you start talking about not the facts, but how you're feeling about it, I think it opens up the whole topic to more. Yes. You know, you don't have to say this is the way it is, but I feel this way. This makes me feel like this. I'm angry, happy, sad, whatever it is. And then you can get people involved. They're like with you emotionally all of a sudden. They're like ready to go on that journey. That's so great. You bring that up. Um, sometimes I think people love to just hear themselves talk and they love to debate, but I don't think people really want others to respond sometimes, or at least not in a certain way they want them to respond. So it is so important not to become a robot and just talk about facts till your heart gives out, because guess what? Facts, there's nothing really to talk about. It's a fact. It's it. The conversation's over. (laughs) But it's when over. you're talking it's about over. something where you can discuss and debate, that's where the magic begins. You can use the facts to back up how you feel, but it's still just how you feel, even despite all of those facts. And you know what? Speaking about facts now, I don't want to get off this topic too fast, but then I think there's another topic we could go to right away and we could talk about emotion and facts, right? It's Charlie Rose, baby. Oh, Charlie Rose. man. <laughs> Now, look, I know we brought this up uh, a few. I mean, I feel like this is going to be a year long discussion as more and more names come up. And you even said it like, who's going to be next? Who's going to be next? And uh, they snagged Charlie. Yeah, the prestigious interviewer who is adored by Oprah. I've seen some pictures where Oprah was all up on him and everything, obviously Mm -hmm. prior to, you know, what came out. But yeah. Oh, yeah. guy, you know, we both heard about him getting out the shower, saying he's going to take a shower and he get out butt stark naked, saying, oh, baby, let's get into something. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I just had that picture of him doing it. And like, what a shock that must be to somebody. Oh, yeah. Come over to my apartment. We need to work on this. Do you really need to work on that on the apartment? Like, <clears throat> you know, it, and it's it's guys like him 
Because be honest with you, I thought Charlie Rose was gay the whole damn time, man. I'm like, oh, Channel 13, <laughs> he's he's maybe too English, like British, to be an American dude and all that stuff, right? All snoozy. And I remember there was this English uh, theater teacher back in my college. Yeah, this was a long time ago. Uh, in the, in when the I was a little baby, about, huh? Oh, yeah, when you were just, you know, you <laughs> wet behind the ears. Girl was talking about, woman was talking about my professor, how, oh, Charlie Rose, he's unbelievable. He's, he's just such a gem of a man. You know, and he had everybody fooled, man. You see that Channel 13, him acting like that? Like, oh, yeah, man, this, this dude would not harm a fly. And that is, that is the uh, recipe. Yeah, the unassuming type. Everyone thinks they're harmless and whatever, but you got to understand, he was a man of prestige, uh, acclaim, he's making money. All those things can, for some people, be entitlement, and they feel they are entitled to have their interns and do what they want with them. That's what they think the interns are for, to fetch them coffee oh, well, and to fetch them some balls. Check this out, check this out. Not only that, but one of the girls said... Uh, I, I've, you know, no names, all anonymous, right? One of them said that on first meeting Charlie Rose, he would do this thing where he'd be talking to the girl, look him in the eye, and then grab the thigh. You know, put the hand on the thigh, a little squeeze, and see how they would mm. react, the feel out. Mm. Not, not trying to give anybody any tips. He gave, he gave them <laughs> that old Uncle Charles at the, at the party type vibe. That's right. That's like, hmm, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to move, you know, making the eye contact, seeing how, you know, how they feel in their mouth. Shit. Look at that. I mean, it grosses me out in a sense, you know, because I was talking to somebody and, and they have two daughters and they're like, holy shit. You know, like, I mean, it's a little late. This happened in the 90s. I understand that. But I think it's a battle that needs to be fought for awareness going forward, man, because like you said, these guys are powerful. And they get away with the shit. Everybody's protecting them. His producer was protecting him. You know, he probably had a whole line of people protecting him because he was bringing in the money. And you know what's funny? I have a, a weird um, comparison, but it's almost like people want to handle this the same way how they want to handle the shooters and all that stuff. They want to say, oh, let's stiffen the policy. Let's give them classes and more courses on sexual abuse and harassment. And it's like these motherfuckers know damn well what they're doing is wrong. It's not as if they realize mm -hmm. they made a mistake. Like, oh, I was not supposed to pull my penis out. Oh, they know what they're doing. <laughs> Come on now. We need, we need to start uh, fining people, taxing people, get some jail time going, throw them settlements away. All these settlements that they be getting out of court, they, they tell the girl, mm -hmm. hey, hey, what he did was wrong, but we're going to give you eight figures. Just be quiet. I get it. They want that money. Unfortunately, it's, a, it's enticing, but... Oh, so. oh, and and wait a minute. It's not just about the money because you got to probably understand that the lawyers are probably scaring the crap out of the girls like, oh, your name's going to be dragged in the mud. You're going to look right. like a slut. You'll never work. You know, like there's so many psychological things that go into that. And the girl's feeling alone. She's like, oh, you know, they'll be like, oh, just he had blah, blah, blah interns. You know, they're straight up lying saying, oh, this never happened before. You're going to be the only one. And. By the way, you were dressed, You knew what was going to happen when you over went over his house. You know, you let him squeeze your leg on the first <laughs> meeting. You know, like they're going to flip it around on these girls so bad. So I understand where they're coming from when they have to take the settlement because they're like, oh, it's probably I get some money or I get nothing. Right. right? And uh, let me just say, I wasn't trying to say that they're doing it for the money because obviously they were victimized. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it's a package deal. 
Um, and I believe even Charlie Rose's, um, I think it's his boss or somewhat that he works for, the girls would come to her and she, it was a female too. And she would say, oh, that's just Charlie being Charlie. So, yeah. Right. That was, that was his producer. That, that's right. His producer yeah. famously said that. Yeah, that's just Charlie being Charlie. But, you know, go with the flow. Relax. Boys will be <laughs> boys. They can, they can molest you. It's fine. Yeah, it's 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 a, a horrible situation, and it sucks that a lot of people have no options, especially when you get shut down by another woman you think is there to freaking protect you, right? But she protected you right. oh, That's the worst part about it. So I think you're right where you're saying, I, I'm feeling the same way. I'm thinking, you know, stiffer penalties, jail time. That's bullshit, man, because as long as you've got people protecting you, you ain't going to see none of that. Exactly. And you got the, and you got Roy Moore, the little senator or whatever, in his getting yes. banned from malls, but still getting elected. It's it's kind of interesting to see when people are in power how the laws can kind of mm, it, it can get bent just a little bit to help them out. Get bent a lot. You know what happened? Speaking of Roy Moore, I believe Donald Trump today came out and said, eh, basically, what's he been saying over the last forty eight hours? Oh, he's denying the whole claim. As it now like. Donald Trump is helping him sweep it under the rug. Like, don't even pay attention to that shit, you know? And Donald Trump, unfortunately, has a record, an amazing record, for fucking exaggerating shit and getting people, like, off off seeing the truth and making them feel a certain way where it's okay all of a sudden. Exactly. And, you know, Mr. Grab him by the Pussy recorded <laughs> live. I mean, untouchable. Live. Untouchable for now. And how the fuck is it? He's the one who said it, but the guy he was with, who got the, who got the scoop on him, ended up getting fired. Right, get exactly. Like, oh, you gotta go. Don't mess with Mr. President. Shit, that that talk about injustice, Dewan. That makes me, ah, uh, yeah, slow sigh right here. Yeah, man, it's some unfortunate shit, man. You can't win. It's just, it seems like you can't win, man. It seems like, you know, no matter what you do, you're always going to get left with uh, the worst things happening. I, anyway, I can't believe the situation happened. I w- I'm still trying to digest this Charlie Rose thing because it's unbelievable. Like you said, Uncle Charlie, what? Oh, you know, they fired him. They, they released him. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's almost, you know, what's next? I'm afraid, I, I'm afraid Mr. Rogers is going to be next. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to find Mr. Rogers. Oh, he had blah, blah, blah with the kids. They're going to be like a ton of kids. Adults now talking about Mr. Rogers. <laughs> now, Victorious One brought this point up. H- Hello, Victorious, if you are listening. Where is, is, do you think this is an issue of gender or power? Oh, you know what? That is a great point. Um, I feel like it's, you know what? It, it can't be just gender. I mean, they tend to be guys. Right. And maybe the guys have more testosterone driving that aggressive behavior, but it's definitely that aggressive behavior is in line with being powerful, right? Like, you know what, that, what they're doing, that behavior, that is fucking bullying. Now let's flip it on his head like this, right? Just to bring up points, just to kind of be fair. All these lady Mm -hmm. teachers, you know, every other day you're hearing about them fucking with some boy, right? True, and true. They're in positions of power, but <clears throat> they tend to be more immature. Like, 
I guess the guys are too. So and the, the problem in Hollywood, right? Let's just say for Hollywood, a lot of the executives who got power are the men. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a boys club. Like it's always been that way. And it looks like it's going to be that way for whatever, you know, for the foreseeable future, man, the next 10, 20 years, probably. Cause I wonder sometimes if the women, if it was women that were employed to sell the men and it was just a big, you know, just uprise, would it be in 30 years? We start hearing cases of women abusing employees and whatnot. Let me tell you something, man. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I heard the whole story, but Ray Ray from the Ray show, what is it? The Ray Ray show, maybe he mentioned, he alluded to the fact that some woman in power had been doing certain things for him. Now he didn't bring out the details, you know, it's a little mm-hmm. sensitive now with all this stuff. So he, you know, he's not going to put himself out there when all these ladies got the me too thing going on. And I think that's a smart move. Cause it's going to be like, Oh, so you, now you a man want to come out with blah, 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 blah. Not the time. Agreed. Fine. Move it on. But I feel a man because I've heard some girls talking. Let me, let's be honest, man. These females, yo, they got urges too. They, you know, you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they be, they be wanting to do it like they do on the Discovery Channel as well. And if they had power, oh, my God. I think it's the same, you know, the same personality type would emerge. Exactly. From, from those leaders too or those people in power because – you know what they say, right? Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Don't matter who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's interesting to think, you know, because it's, you know, this is sexual predators. Um, they're not one person. You know, they're black, white. Some are older. Some are younger. Uh, all different countries. You know, it's, it's a personality you're dealing with here. And that can be some of the danger as well, is we tend to think the predator is the one that's, you know, slabby and, and, and hairy and ugly, but it's, it's different types. It's different types out there. But the ones in Hollywood that have been getting caught lately have kind of fit that bill. Louis C.K., flabby, old, ugly as hell. Um, <laughs> Bill Cosby, oh my God, ugly as hell. I don't think he ever looked good. But he wasn't always... Oh, come on, man. Bill Cosby couldn't have been that bad. You know what? It's, with the guys, you got to give us some, some pass here because it's all about confidence, man. It almost doesn't matter how, how good or how bad you look to some extent. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you know, you got to be like a big dude, look like you could, you could take care of some business. And girls, girls are full for that shit. You know what? Speaking of which, this is some kind of different today. But I'm on Mac. I'm Mac'd it today when I record it with my what? Bluetooth speaker. Yo, what what happened with your Bluetooth speaker, Dwan? I got out the shower. I was trying to do some push-ups, and in in my excitement, I must have forgot that my Bluetooth speaker was still on. So I was recording something, and the audio turned out to be crap. But then this make matters even worse. I realized that it's not only my Bluetooth; it's also my iPhone that's kind of fucked up right now. Wait, how'd that happen? I was taking a shower, and the shower curtain was a little open. I had the phone kind of by the shower, but it wasn't, like, sitting on the tub. And it's just a little, little water. Way, That's all it took. But, oh, my God, you know, by the way, this is Momac 101. You, you, you kind of have a good idea. You're like, oh, this is, it's, it's going to be all right. It's only for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and then that, that snowball starts rolling down that hill, boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> and pretty soon it's an avalanche of disaster. Exactly. Because so so that's the reason why your station was a little bit underwater. Today. Yes, and I was so annoyed because I'm such a stickler for quality that I was just yeah I was pissed. Oh, oh my God! Well, you know what? I mean, I understand how that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> inventing the Momax, that's that's a classic Momax. I think you definitely scored. Uh, wait, wait, did you score? I might have two Momax for today. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look in my bullet journal and see if I got a little bit more for you coming up later. But so far, that has been a bigger Momax than all my Momax today. Just so far. Um, that being said, though, about that topic, you know what I'd be interested in? I can't let that idea escape me. Of how you were talking about sexual predators and if the women were in charge, like if this was a society where the women are the dominant, you know, people in power running shit all over the place all yeah. the time, how things would be, you know, and I would love it if people would actually give us their, especially the ladies, if there are any ladies listening to this, I would love to hear their input, how they feel about that. Exactly. Yes. Yes. We would love to hear what you guys you are you gals, I should say, have to say about the subject, because it definitely is one that makes you think. All right. And now let's bring it back to what the hell is cooking up for Thanksgiving, Duan? What are your plans for this Thanksgiving? Well, as you know, I am actually going to be off for Thanksgiving this year. I was supposed to work, but they said, nope, somebody else doing it. So I was like, OK, cool. And what? I think is going to happen. I'm not sure, but Asia, aka Asterisk Wifey, for those that don't know, aka the uh, the beautiful mother of my kids, we're going to go to her sister's house for a Thanksgiving dinner. So it should be uh, hopefully decent enough. I can't remember how her sister cooking was. It was cool, but I'm, I can't be for certain. Well, at least you won't be cooking, so you're going to just sit back and relax. And do all your anchoring from some, well, not a stranger's house, but (laughs) (laughs) from Asterix's sister-in-law's house. Exactly. What are you going to be doing? That's the real question. Oh, me? Oh, Dewan. So let me break it down to you this way, right? Family-wise, I ain't got no family here. Basically, the only family I got is me and Mickey. Mom's is over in Romania. All her family's over in Japan. So unless we do a Skype session with everybody, Thanksgiving dinner's just me and the missus. Oh, missus. yeah. So you know what that means? That means I'm doing the cooking because she don't want to cook. <laughs> and I have to come up. I got to come up with a turkey dinner for two without buying the whole damn turkey. So I'm going to freaking... I, I got to outsource this shit or something, man. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Like, I'm going to buy, like, maybe two sweet potatoes, a turkey <laughs> breast, um... Maybe make me some stuffing in like cupcake, like the cupcake holders. I'll just do like a, you know, a little stuffing for both of us on the side like that. Um, it's going to be a small meal, but I'm going to make it delicious. You know, and this is the part that kills me. I'm probably going to spend as much time as your sister-in-law cooking the full-ass turkey, the full-ass meal for like 20 people. But I'm going to only have it for two people. So... <laughs> It's going to be a shitload of work, but not that much payoff, man. That's, that's, that's what my Thanksgiving looks like. And you will, you, you, you work that hard because you love that woman so hard. Well, listen to me. If it ain't for my cooking, man, I'd be like all those other short, bald, fat, ugly guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
nothing going for him but cooking. So that I got to keep that cooking game up, you know, highest level possible. You know, keep keep my girl all happy, or at least in a turkey coma, so she can't run away. Exactly. Make sure she fed right. And she gonna love you all through the night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and if she don't, you know, like I said, she, you know, she just be, you know what? It's all right. If she sleeps through it now. Shit, we've been together so long. It don't even matter no more. Um, the only thing I'm looking forward to though is, um, you know what? Is those those um, the hell they call them? The seconds when you got like that cold turkey. Oh man, I love me some cold turkey. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the best when it's already the leftovers. Because you kind of forget, maybe for like a tiny second, you forget. Like, let me what's to eat. Oh, we ain't nothing but good food in here to eat. I love it. Oh, and by the way, I might. Well, you don't drink alcohol, but I saw this nice recipe for some apple cider. Uh, hot apple cider mixed up with some uh, some whiskey. No, bourbon. Bourbon. That's a little <laughs> bit sweeter. Mm, I'm going to try that out. See what, you know, I'm going to have to report. I might be sloshed, but I'll report. Oh, uh, yeah. We would love to hear a drunk moment. Have you ever heard, have we ever heard a drunk moment? Yes. Anchor one. I, there were some sloppy <laughs> moments back on anchor one. Pissing you know, on the there mic some sloppy moments, man. Woo! Yeah. Well, you know what? I thought that was a, that was a classic moment. You know what? That might be an old... <laughs> Archive Mo Mac that has to come out, come out the woodwork so we can talk about it for a second. In a, in a group hey, session, but, mind you. You know, ooh, I got some instant unfavorites. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially some blocks from that. As well. well, you I'm know so my policy. You know what? If you have not been blocked at least four times, you ain't real as you think you are. I'm sorry. I gotta keep it there. <laughs> True that, true that. And on that note, I think this real episode has come to an end. I'm afraid of what else you're going to bring out of the world work. So let's just wrap it up right here. I was about to unleash my feelings. But yes, everybody, (laughs) thank you for listening to Stirring the Pot with Mo Mac and Dewan. We out of this piece.